Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Back to The Baldface Truth with John Kanzano on 750 The Game. I remain, uh, I remain unsure if that Jason in Portland is actually going to skip the Eagles game. There's part of me that kind of thinks he was uh, waiting for us to give him permission to uh, skip his kid's game. I don't think you should do that. Go to the go to the youth basketball game and tape the NFC championship game. A guy who will be in Philadelphia is our next guest. Dieter Kurtenbach is a columnist with the San Jose Mercury News, does a fantastic job, has joined us uh, frequently on this show, and he's kind enough to give us his time. Uh, Dieter, help us out, man. Um, Christian McCaffrey, uh, you know, is he is he hampered here? Is is he going to be questionable? Is is this a question in your mind, or is this just the Niners giving him a rest? It sounds like it's the Niners giving him a rest, but there should be some concern. Uh, Christian McCaffrey talked to the media today, He said there's a 0% chance that he won't play on Sunday. That's a nice thing to hear. Uh, He didn't give a percentage as to what he'll be in that game when he plays. So, yeah, there's some concerns there. Uh, I think adding to the complexity is the fact that Elijah Mitchell, who shares carries with him and was wildly impressive, I thought, in the second half of the game against the Cowboys, getting 13 carries in the second half with with, uh, CMC going in and out of the game with that calf injury. He was on the injury report today as well. So the Niners are going to have an interesting injury report tomorrow. I'd expect both of them to play, but any sort of hampering is a really big deal against a Philadelphia team that is unquestionably the stiffest competition this 49ers squad has played this year, befitting of an NFC championship game. Yeah, let's, let's talk about that matchup. As you see it, what are the keys for the Niners? Uh, let's talk about the Niners' offense against Philadelphia's mm-hmm. defense. I mean, legitimately, it works out pretty well for the 49ers offense. I think that if the 49ers offense wants to show up to this game, they'll have an opportunity to put some serious points on the board. Philadelphia is an outstanding football team. I put the tape on of them, and I'm really, really impressed. I get to watch the Niners every week. They're a really, really good team. Philadelphia is just as good, if not a little bit better. But they do have a weakness. Every team does. And Philadelphia's weakness, I think, is pretty glaring. It's against the run. They don't stop it. They have a lot of dudes who you would think would stop it. I think that they're a sound team. They just don't tackle all that well. And they don't stay they, – they, they can't stop the run, full stop. And that's what the Niners are going to want to do early and often. It's a Kyle Shanahan offense. They're going to run the ball. Now, if Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell are on 100%, that could be, again, a bit of a concern. But I think that if the Niners are able to – control the ground a little bit, play the Eagles sort of game, which is, you know, limited possessions. Both teams are going to run it a bunch. The Niners could very well come out on top on that. If they can't run the ball, though, they don't stand a chance. And if they fall behind early, they don't stand much of a chance. The Eagles are a machine. And as we saw last week against the Giants team, that isn't on the 49ers level, but it's still pretty darn good. It was a playoff game after all. Uh, When the Eagles get ahead, 
they don't relent. It allows their defense to just go after the quarterback. They had 15 more sacks than any other team in the NFL this year. They can control the ball when they have it on offense. They are just, they're a boa constrictor. They will strangle you to death if you give them any points to start the game. You can't spot them a thing. So the Niners are going to have to come out, and they can't ease into the run game at all. They're going to have to be strong early. They're going to have to get yards early. They're going to have to establish that they're there to tango. And if that's the case, then they can very much win the game. If they fall behind early, they're done. It's, it's over. It's complete. When when we talk about, you know, Philadelphia's offense, you know, I, I, I look at the 49ers front four. They're going to have to get a big game out of Bosa and Armstead and and Jalen Hurts' uh, ability to run the football and hurt you uh, with not a planned run or uh, you know just uh, you know him right. scrambling becomes a factor. How big of how much has Kyle Shanahan and, and the 49ers talked about that this week? They're petrified, mainly because the media has been mentioning it a lot and they're getting direct questions about it. But this has been a long time bugaboo. We're talking five years. For the 49ers, their defense has really struggled against teams that have a quarterback that can create second-chance opportunities, or in the case of Jalen Hurts, third- and fourth-chance opportunities. They don't do well with running quarterbacks. Jared Stidham, who is not a running quarterback, gave them fits when the 49ers played the Raiders because he just got out of the pocket. He was able to run naked bootlegs, and the Raiders put up major points against a 49ers defense that at the time was the unquestioned top defense in the NFL. And I think it became a bit murkier as to if they were that. Patrick Mahomes tore him up earlier this year in the fourth quarter because he's Patrick Mahomes. That's what he does. He makes third and fourth chances happen. Uh, It's a big deal with Jalen Hurts. Now, does he have the improvisational skills in the passing game? That's to be determined. But he is a brilliant athlete. They want to keep the ball on the ground. He is an outstanding runner of the football. And that triple option is what I call the they run, the RPO, with A.J. Brown as the only receiver going out on a route. That is as awesome a play as exists in the NFL because it has three deadly options. You hand it off, that means that Jalen Hurts saw something at the line of scrimmage that's going to be a big run because he has a pretty good read on that. He's been running the RPO his whole life. He can keep it himself. That's not a good thing for any defense because typically they don't have a, a spy on a running quarterback in this modern era where you have to drop back so many guys into pass coverage. And uh, and then ultimately it's A.J. Brown. And if you get A.J. Brown one-on-one, and that's what ultimately that RPO does, it forces defenses to play man-to-man defense. If you get A.J. Brown one-on-one and they're not just calling everything the referee crew, you're not beating them. You, you, just, you can't put a guy big enough, strong enough, and fast enough to stop A.J. Brown. So – that's the one play they will run until the 49ers overload and stop it, and then they'll run another play to the other side with Devontae Smith. I mean, it's an absolutely awesome offense. And the Niners, if they are truly the number one defense in the NFL, like the stats say they are and like they believe they are, they'll find a way to slow it down. But no one stops it. No one stops something this awesome. The Niners have been to Super Bowls with Colin Kaepernick and Jimmy Garoppolo, and you know they used Alex Smith to get deep into the playoffs, and – now they have Brock Purdy at quarterback. Um, I watched him in the divisional round against the Cowboys. I didn't think he was great. Was that his bad game, or is there some concern as well with a rookie quarterback in an NFC title game that maybe maybe the game caves in on him? I don't think those concerns exist in Santa Clara where the 49ers train and play. Uh, I didn't pick up those concerns watching back the All-22 film at all, I thought that he made really sound decisions 
And I think that Dan Quinn, the Cowboys defensive coordinator, uh, I know that he agreed to come back to the Cowboys today. I, he should have gotten the job, a head coaching job, just based off of that build. What the Cowboys were doing was basically mixing two defenses together, and everyone seemed absolutely locked in on their assignment. He did a marvelous job, uh, and I'm sure Philadelphia is all over that game film, seeing if they can emulate it this week. I thought Purdy made really strong decisions. I, I thought even the two sacks that he had in the game, uh, I think a lot of people would look at it and don't really see the safeties on TV and all that, and you would think, oh, that's, that's not good. But when you know the play that they're trying to run, the sack is actually the smart play on how it was you know, how the play was broken up by Dallas's defense. Uh, it wasn't a great game. I'm not trying to you know, build up Brock Purdy like he was some sort of Superman there, Tom Brady 2.0, but I think he made really smart decisions throughout the game. And there was a couple of bad throws, but they didn't burn him. And that's ultimately what the 49ers need. We saw this with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, they just don't need him to turn over the ball. If you don't turn over the ball, the 49ers have a shot because they have so much talent on defense. They're ball hawking in, in every facet of the game. And then on offense, they have playmakers galore. Uh, if they're healthy, we'll find out. So they just need Brock Purdy to just get the ball into the hands of the really good guys and get the heck up out of the way. That's what he's been able to do. And I think that he's actually shown a lot more than that. Jimmy Garoppolo in prior playoffs has basically been told, you're not allowed to do anything but hand the ball off. Kyle Shanahan has come out in these first two playoff games and basically just said, Brock, we're about to rip it. We're about to throw it all over the field to the point where they had to pare it back a little bit against the Dallas Cowboys because their defense was so good. I think Kyle has an immense amount of trust in him. I think that Brock has proven that trust to be uh, – it validated that trust in a wide way, and I wouldn't be shocked at all if Brock Purdy had a really, really good game against Philadelphia because if that run game is going, it's going to open up a whole bunch of opportunities in the pass game. That's what the Kyle Shanahan offense does, and I just think I don't know if I've seen anyone operate the Shanahan offense in San Francisco as well as Purdy, and that includes Garoppolo, who had some really good stretches of play during his time as the Niners starter. We're talking to Dieter Kurtenbach, sports columnist, uh, Bay Area News Group, uh, San Jose Mercury News. Um, you know, you bring up something with Brock Purdy. Let's let's look in the future of the 49ers organization. Um, it, you know, his success this year gives me some hope that the Niners uh, can play with him or Trey Lance and have a rookie contract mm -hmm. in that quarterback position, which is a huge advantage in the NFL right now. It, has Brock Purdy done enough to uh, to suggest that it's it's he and Trey Lance next season? Absolutely. And I think that fiscally speaking, it was always going to be him and Trey Lance. They've just inverted the roles now. Um, you know, they, they handed the team off to Trey Lance, and the expectation was that they needed to do that so that they could maybe get something more out of the quarterback position than Jimmy Garoppolo was giving them. But really it was to get more or less the same as what Jimmy Garoppolo was giving them. On top of that, getting a whole bunch of salary cap space. Uh, Brock Purdy was brought in last pick of the draft. He's the cheapest dude they could get. I think if Brock Purdy had been an unrestricted free agent, hadn't been drafted, he would have made more money as a pro than he makes right now. He got the last spot on the salary list that the NFL gives out for the draft. So he is cheap. He won't make a million dollars a year until his final year of his four-year contract. He is a dirt cheap. And it doesn't matter if it's him or if Lance, it will be Purdy. Um, the Niners are going to spend about $10 million total on two quarterbacks next year. 
as we saw this year, it's vital to have a good backup quarterback. In the case of the Niners, two good backup quarterbacks. And uh, I think the Niners are going to be sitting pretty. Salary cap's looking like it's going to be around $225 million. They're going to be spending $10 million on a quarterback when Dak Prescott's going to get paid 50 and Deshaun Watson's going to get paid 50 I mean, obviously Patrick Mahomes is getting paid 50 but Patrick Mahomes earns 50 uh, These other guys who I can't, I can't say honestly are that much better than Brock Purdy are going to get be paid five times as much. The flexibility that the Niners have to keep the guys on their team around, a tough thing for a really good team to do, and to maybe even add guys to this team that makes them serious money because of that quarterback situation, it's incredible. It might even be unprecedented. I haven't gone deep enough into it to see if that's something that's happened before, but the Niners are really sitting pretty. I think it's going to be Purdy. I know he's going to be cheap, and I think that the Niners are going to be set up for success year after year. Uh, so long as these guys stay cheap, because he's he's yeah. he's been the real deal. I know the outside perception is that he's been good. I I think that the inside, you know, what I'm hearing is that he's been even better than what people see on TV. Yeah, and when we look at three of the four teams that are left playing, you've got guy quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks who are not only good and have played well, but they are on low contracts. Like Jalen Hurts is, mm-hmm. you know, he, his his total contract is six million dollars and. You know, Joe Burrow is going to get a big extension, you know, in his next deal. But Joe Burrow and Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts are allowing their teams to have depth and be better on on defense and in other positions. Uh, we're talking to Dieter Kurtenbach, San Jose Mercury News. Dieter, before I cut you loose, all right, you've talked about the Niners, the Eagles, the matchups, whatever. What's your gut say on this game? Where are you leaning if you have to make a pick? I think that I would I would lean towards home field advantage. I don't see very much between these teams. Uh, ultimately, I didn't love a lot of what I saw from the Niners last week, particularly on defense. I thought Dallas uh, gave them too much of a game, uh, all things considered. Uh, I, I thought that the run game for the Niners was also a, a little lame. Uh, it was physical, and that's impressive, but it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't the punch that I expected, even against that good Dallas defense, which flies around the field. I just look at Philadelphia. They're coming in red hot. Uh, they're coming in relatively rested. I, I think that they're an absolute juggernaut. I think that if Hurts even plays his C-plus, B-minus game, that they'll be able to win this one. Maybe it'll be close, but I, I think it could be one hell of a game. But I, I have to lean towards Philadelphia when we're talking about probabilities. Home field advantage matters. and I think that Philly's a slightly better team on top of all of that. Dieter Curtinbox, San Jose Mercury News. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you giving us time. Anytime, Jeff. Talk soon. There he is. He's picking the Eagles. I'm leaning Niners, but I'm biased. You know, I'm looking at this game going San Francisco's defense, Philadelphia's offense. I see a very close game. I agree with him. I don't think there's a big difference between the two teams. The The thing that worries me from the 49ers standpoint is the Dallas game was a tug of war. It was, you know, a very physical game. Uh, you saw one player go out, you know, a Dallas player go out with a broken leg. You, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was a tug of war, uh, and you know the Eagles getting the bye in the first round and then playing the Giants didn't look like they had to effort much. So I just wonder about a team that got in a tough game with Seattle in the wild card round, got into a tug of war with the Dallas Cowboys in the divisional round. Do they have one more in them? And, oh, by the way, you're going on the road to Philadelphia to do it. That's what concerns me from the 49ers' standpoint. From the Eagles' standpoint, it's pretty simple. It's the 49ers' defense. 
Can they solve the 49ers defense? Because that's what scares me if I'm an Eagles fan. I look at the Niners. I look at Bosa. I look at Armstead. I, the linebackers are great. I, and I go, okay, this is the biggest test of the season for, for an offense that played really well in stretches, but then saw Jalen Hurts go out and not the same. So can Hurts stay healthy in this game? And can you overcome a defense that is the number one defense in the NFL? We'll talk more about it coming up. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face Hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.